I'm Luke Story. For the past 22 years, I've been relentlessly committed to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of spirituality, health, psychology, and personal development. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. This episode of the Lifestylist Podcast is brought to you by my friends over at Juve. So for the past year or so, I've been doing something called photobiomodulation. That's a super geeky term for using red light therapy. And Juve make a device that is hanging right here next to me in my podcast studio that I use just about every damn day. In fact, most days I use it twice a day. So why would you want to use red light therapy? Well, just like a whole food can be broken down into different vitamins and minerals, sunlight can also be broken down into different colors. And just like the nutrients in whole food, each color and sunlight has its own effect on our bodies. So once absorbed into your body, light energy is converted into cellular energy, which kicks off a series of metabolic events like the formation of new capillaries, elevated production of collagen, and the release of ATP. And red light therapy has even been approved by the FDA, and its effectiveness has been studied throughout the world. So here's why I use the Juve red light therapy device on the reg. Repairs sun damage, which I get a lot of, reduces wrinkles, which I'm getting a few of, enhances muscle recovery and peak performance. When I work out, I have that issue. Heals acne and other blemishes, fades scars and stretch marks, speeds wound healing, reduces joint inflammation, and my favorite benefit of the Juve, increases testosterone production. So if you're interested in checking out some of those benefits for yourself, you can go over to juve.com forward slash Luke. That's J-O-O-V-V dot com forward slash Luke. Here's the catch. If you use the code Luke at checkout, you will receive a special free gift. So go to juve.com forward slash Luke, use the code Luke and get hooked up with some Juve red light therapy. This episode would not be possible, folks, if it weren't for my friends over at Organifi.com. You can find all of their fantastic products, many of which I use on a daily basis at Organifi.com forward slash Luke. If you're looking uh, for something to start with, I would go for the green juice powder. Easy to travel with, super, super powerful and energizing and so good for you. But not only that, it actually tastes good. It's not a green powder that tastes like mold mixed with cat litter and an old shoe. It tastes freaking delicious. It's minty. It has kind of a matcha essence. No sugar. doesn't spike your blood sugar. won't take you out of ketosis. It's just badass. It's a great alternative to buying super expensive, easy to spoil green juice. Now, I love my green juice, but I really love the powder. Also, I'd love for you to try the Organifi Gold. And I'll tell you what, this stuff actually is gold. I covet my uh, bins of gold in my kitchen. I protect them. I look out for them. I only share my gold with very close friends. Now, actually, I give it to everyone that comes over because it's such an easy sell. And um, one little secret that my friends and family don't know is that I don't really do anything to it. You know, it's like, they'll come over, make me that one drink. It's so delicious and I feel special. But all I literally do is put like hot water and cold water, maybe some fats into it. And, you know, I might soup it up with some other smart drugs or something weird like that. But really, it's just the gold tastes so good. It's a great base for any other type of elixir or superfood drink or even like a paleo ice cream or anything like that. So the gold and the green are amazing, but they also have some protein and probiotics and a red juice and all kinds of rad stuff over at Organifi.com forward slash Luke. 
Once you get there, use the code LIFESTYLIST and save yourself a cool 15%. Organifi.com forward slash Luke. Today's show is going to hit you right in the gut. No, seriously, it's all about gut health and probiotics. Here's what we discuss. Why your gut is ground zero for your health. What's the deal with leaky gut? The fact that 80% of the adult population has leaky gut and doesn't know it. The confusing world of probiotics and how to avoid getting scammed. How gut health is related to Alzheimer's. The difference between traditional probiotics and spore-based probiotics. And a first-of-its-kind leaky gut study and its shocking discoveries. The worldwide health disaster that is Roundup, a.k.a. glyphosate, a.k.a. Satan. Learn the truth of what's better, more strains of bacteria or fewer strains of bacteria in a probiotic. The value of fermented foods and many common misconceptions about them. Lab fermentation versus biofermentation and how to start taking a new probiotic for best results. Who are you going to learn this information from? Well, her name is Tina Anderson. Her journey into the world of health had a unique start and some unusual turns. She began her career as a trial lawyer who specialized in settling cases by bringing both sides together, a personal passion of hers. But when she worked as an in-house counsel for a pharmaceutical company, what Tina saw made her change direction again, as you can imagine. Big Pharma can be potentially quite evil, as useful as they are in certain cases. Frustrated by the many abuses in the pharmaceutical industry, Tina turned toward the field of natural health and found her life's work is why she's on the show today. She channeled her energy into learning all she could about disease prevention and good health maintenance. And then that led her to discover the importance of gut health and how connected and crucial it is for overall health and wellness. To share her discovery with the world, Tina, along with her husband, created a unique supplement that contains a superior probiotic strain uh, made by renowned researcher, Dr. Simon Cutting. It's called Just Thrive, and I've been on this stuff for a couple months, and it is bomb. Seriously, I'm not even kidding. Um, Totally changed the way I feel in the midsection there. Before we get into the interview, uh, I'd like to invite you to join my newsletter. Now, wait, wait, wait. I know what you're thinking. You're like, "Ah, I hate spam. I don't want any stupid newsletters. Here's the deal, though. When I send you a newsletter, it's not just saying, hey, buy my thing. I I really don't currently have a thing to buy, although I hope to someday. (laughs) Right now, what you're going to get on the newsletter is you're going to get all the show notes. So during this interview, what's likely to happen is you're going to hear like all these facts and links and books and products and studies and all of this stuff. And you're going to go, oh, wait, wait, what was that? What was that? I need to know this or I want to go look something up. Well, I've got a team that takes meticulous and very detailed show notes with hyperlinks to everything discussed in every episode. So you don't have to trip. You can just sit back, relax, drive your car, sit on the bus, sit on the subway, sit on a boat, airplane, wherever the hell you are while you're listening to this and just kick it. Just chill, sign up for my newsletter, and I'm going to send you an email once a week of the show that comes out that day, which is normally uh, Tuesdays and sometimes also Fridays with the bonus shows. And you're going to have all the resources from every single episode. To join is stupid, crazy easy, you guys. If you're on a US phone, listen up. You got a US number. All you have to do is text the word lifestylist, all one word, to the number 44222. So you could actually like pause this recording right now Open up your text app, text the word lifestylist to the number 44222. Click send and you'll be prompted to enter your name and your email and bada bing, bada boom, you're in. Now, if you don't have a US phone and you want to do it old school, 
Just go to lukestory.com forward slash newsletter. lukestory.com forward slash newsletter. You have my word of honor. I won't spam you with a bunch of weird stuff. I just really want to get you the show notes to every show and let you know if I'm doing an event or something interesting, which is not even that often. So there you go. I'm super stoked to bring you this episode because I've not done a show on gut health, probiotics, fermented foods. I've been wanting to do one for like three years. I've touched on it with other guests, but I really wanted to find someone who did something unique and Tina and her company Just Thrive are the fit for that. So I'm super stoked to bring this to you as well as next Tuesday's show, Samonic Soul Search and Rescue, Sacred Plant Connections with Michael Trainer, another buddy of mine. So if you liked last week's show with Josh Trent, it's a similar kind of show. It's, it's very much like a fly on the wall, two guys having a fun conversation, but Michael is a very inspiring, very knowledgeable guy. Super, super cool. So make sure that you subscribe to the show so you don't miss next week's exciting info. Okay, uh, I think that's all we've got. Let's go ahead and dive into the old belly here with Tina Anderson. Tina Anderson, welcome to the Lifestylist Podcast. Thanks, Luke. So excited to be here. Me too. So you guys, we're here at uh, Paleo FX. We're in the Sunlight and Saunas booth. And it's a really interesting experience. I wish the listeners could see it because we have a live audience and we're way up on this riser, much higher than anything else in this convention center. So it's kind yeah. of strange. Yeah. And there's this reverberation coming out of the PA out down below. It's this very um, Roman, uh, you know, uh, theater sort yeah, of vibe. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I'm, I'm super excited to meet you. Um, for to give some context, to those listening, um, Tina and I have had some interactions before, and she happens to know a lot about gut health, leaky gut, and specifically probiotics. And incidentally, has a great product that I really enjoy, uh, which we're of course going to talk about. You know, we always try to make these not an infomercial, but sometimes I find someone that's doing something really rad, and I want to find out their knowledge base and also what makes them rad. So that's what we're doing here today. So. Here we go. Sounds great. Thanks, Luke. All right. So a lot of people now are becoming aware of gut health and also this phenomenon of leaky gut. For those of us that are a little bit uh, less familiar with this issue and some of the after effects of it, give us just a beginner's sort of breakdown of gut health, how you measure it, why it's important, and then we'll go into the leaky gut piece. Okay, great. So gut health is, what we're finding out now is that gut health is responsible for virtually every aspect of our overall health. The Human Microbiome Project was conducted by the National Institutes of Health about 10 years ago or so, told us more about the gut than we ever knew before. And um, we learned that the gut is really responsible for virtually all non-communicable diseases. You know, we were talking about immune health, autoimmune diseases, cancer, diabetes, Alzheimer's, dementia, um, mental health, anxiety, depression, those types of conditions, skin issues. I mean, it's literally related to every aspect of our overall health. We know we're 10 times more bacteria than we are human cells. Um, this is a really profound finding, and we're finding out that, that is, that's why our gut health is really so much so responsible for so much of our overall health. We know that there's a lot of things in our modern world that are wreaking havoc on our gut health. Um, we know glyphosates, Roundup, antibiotics, antibiotics we take, antibiotics in our food, um, stress, all these things, toxins, EMFs, all these things are really, really wreaking havoc on our gut on a daily basis. And this is why we're seeing 
you know, this rise in incidence of autism and out food allergies that we didn't see, you know, 30, 40 years ago um, is certainly not as prevalent as it is now. So, um, and we're just finding out that gut health is really the most important. I always say it's ground zero for health. When you are starting on your health journey or you want to just start maintaining health, you need to focus on your gut because everything else you're going to be doing is going to work that much better if your gut is healthy. If your gut is inflamed, it's not absorbing nutrients. So you could go eat all this organic, clean food and kale and all these great healthy vegetables. And, and But if they're not being absorbed, if the nutrients aren't being absorbed, they're not really doing you much good. So... Um, and we know that there's so many stressors out there. Um, like I said, just physical stress, you know, exercise even is great for us, but it also causes stress on our gut microbiome. I wouldn't suggest not to exercise, but I'm just saying we have to start knowing that there are some implications on our gut health, whether it's mental stress, physical stress, the toxins and um, food that we're eating are just really wreaking havoc on our gut health. What's the deal with leaky gut? Explain that. Yeah. Well, the best part about leaky gut is it's pretty um, self-explanatory in a lot of ways. You know, it's it says what it is. Um, it's basically we have these holes in our intestines. Um, we have these things called tight junctions, and the tight junctions start to open up, and then toxins from our gut microbiome, which really aren't problematic in our gut, start to seep out into our bloodstream, and then they become really problematic, and they start this constant. Um, immune response by our immune system. And so that's why we always say if people have a food allergy or an autoimmune disease, you know, pretty, you know, 99.9% they have a leaky gut. Um, but even more, they're estimating now 80% of the adult population actually has a leaky gut and they don't even know it. Um, and when you have this leaky gut, you have this leakiness of these toxins. They're called LPS um, for short. The full name is lipopolysaccharides. And like I said, lipopolysaccharides are found in the gut and they're not really problematic when they're in the gut. It's when they start to seep into the bloodstream that they start to really start wreaking havoc on us. Um, in fact, recently a study came out that the number one driver of Alzheimer's is a heightened LPS level in the bloodstream. And we're finding that out with all kinds of heart disease, you know, dementia, all these types of things are where they're measuring the LPS toxin level in the bloodstream. So when you have that leakiness in the gut, those toxins are seeping into the bloodstream. Really dangerous. And, and a lot of people will say, well, I want to, take, I want to get a blood test for that because there, there is a blood test to figure it out. It's just not you know, found regularly at you know, conventional like Quest and all those places. But I would say there's probably no reason to even do that because 80% of the adult population has a leaky gut and they don't even know it. So the more important thing is to start you know, fixing that leaky gut and taking care of your microbiome. What was that study you were telling me about a few minutes ago when we were chatting off mic uh, that you guys did with the with the students? Yeah, I believe it was. That was interesting. Tell us about that. Yeah, it was a really um, profound study. It's actually the first of its kind. It was um, a leaky gut study. The medical term would be metabolic endotoxemia. So what we did is University of North Texas took a hundred college students. They measured their LPS toxins. They they gave them a challenge meal. They measured their LPS toxins after the challenge meal. And they found that 55% of those college students actually had a leaky gut and didn't know it. They were otherwise healthy, didn't know that. Um, so what we did is they, or what University of North Texas did, they took those 55% of the college students, they sent them home with these spore-based, bacillus spore-based probiotics. No other dietary lifestyle modifications at all. They said, you know, go home and do what you normally do, college students, which is destroy your body and do all kinds of bad things. 
Um, they came back 30 days later, tested the treated group and the placebo group, that same test, gave them a challenge meal, gave them the same test, test tested their um, LPS levels and found that the treated group's LPS toxins was reduced by 42%. And this was just in 30 days. The, the scary part, though, is that the placebo group, their toxic level increased by 60% in just 30 days. So what it's telling us is that every, when you have a leaky gut, it's just it's this compound effect of the toxins going into your bloodstream. So we found something that is actually these bacillus spore-based probiotic strains are actually reducing, dramatically reducing that LPS load in the bloodstream. Really profound. What was the challenge meal that the, the kids <laughs> ate? And explain what you mean by a challenge meal. I'm familiar yeah. with the term when you do blood work. If you're testing for heavy metals, you'll take a chelate, you'll pee, then you take a chelator, then you pee again. And you know you find the difference between your base levels and the levels of your metals that get rooted out by the chelator. So what is right. what is it that the term mean in this case? And what it did was, they actually eat? Um, a really unhealthy meal, which was a McDonald's breakfast. I don't want to get in trouble <laughs> by McDonald's, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a McDonald's I, I breakfast. Think, I think we're allowed to say yeah. McDonald's is unhealthy. I mean, <laughs> right. I, you know. I, oh, good. Even their salad probably has glyphosate yeah, on it. For so, sure, um, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Wow. And then, oh, that's fascinating. So this is something that, I mean, God, I've had so many friends. I have a friend in LA who had Crohn's disease mm -hmm. and he, I mean, he's the guy that I would always go to and ask about gut health and leaky gut and stuff because he fixed it. And what he did is he, he was kind of a pioneer in the fecal transplants. Yep. He did a lot of research. I mean, research upon research upon research and then found a donor essentially, which was a friend of his that had never been on antibiotics. Wow. And so had a very diverse gut biome and they tested him for, you know, whatever you would test for before you put someone else's poop inside you. Yeah. <laughs> but he did that uh, religiously. Every day he went over there and collected his, I mean, this sounds really weird to people that have never heard of this, but it's becoming more scientifically viable. Um, but he did kind of a DIY version of this mm -hmm. and he, he got rid of his Crohn's and he fixed his leaky gut. But most people are, you know, I guess if you're desperate enough, you would go to those kind of measures. I mean, it was quite graphic and not, I'm sure it didn't smell great. And yeah. you know, it was really not, I mean, it's, <laughs> right. I, I got to have him on the podcast someday. He will remain anonymous as of now, but um, you know, it's pretty horrific, the stuff yeah. that he had to do. And someone that's only really, really sick and desperate would go to those lengths and they would probably try, try all the medical interventions first, which he did and they all failed, mm -hmm. the allopathic ones at least. And so um, it's interesting that these results happened without them making any other changes. See, that's the thing. I mean, you hear about, oh, take slippery elm bark and do your prebiotics. And I mean, there's so many, you know, eat bone broth, you know, copious amounts of bone broth and collagen and all these things that are supposed to quote unquote heal the gut. But it seems like if you're not addressing the biome and the diversity in there of bacteria, fungi, et cetera, that even if you get some temporary relief and those, um, the gut lining is sealed back up, that whatever you were doing before is probably going to undo that. Right, exactly. And, and we always say, speaking of the fecal transplant, is this is these bacillus spore-based probiotics are the closest thing you're going to get to a fecal transplant without doing a fecal transplant. Because, oh, wow. see, the, the majority of probiotics on the market are based on what we used to know before the Human Microbiome Project came out about 10 years ago. So, and the idea was to reseed the gut. And so 
That's not what the bacillus spores do. They go in and are reconditioning the gut. And it's not a play on words. It's actually really, we're actually changing the makeup of the gut flora. And so that's what a fecal transplant's doing. It's actually changing the whole gut flora, the makeup of it. It's shifting the good bacteria. And it's, you know, basically getting somebody else's, you know, bacteria into your own. But these are doing the this, this similar in that they are actually shifting the microbiome by thir- we have like studies that show that just after two weeks, it's shifting it by 30%. So really effective approach. And, and we have a relative who has MS and we said, oh my, we lost, listened to a talk years ago about fecal transplants and helping with MS. And we're like, listen, try the, you know, try these strains and see what happens and just give it a try. And um, I'm not suggesting that she does not have MS anymore, but she had, she's like, I, it's the first time I'd left the house in years. I mean, I really, I, she was at a church picnic I saw her at and she was, you know, eating normal foods again and things were so much better. She had more energy. Um, Her skin rash is cleared up. So it really is affecting a change in the microbiome. So um, if you don't want to have a fecal transplant, this is a great option. So yeah, that's um, that's a pretty daunting uh, way to fix it, you know, and I'm I'm sure in the future there will become alternative methods than like going to your buddy's house and getting a bag full of poop. Yeah. But also it depends on how sick you are. And I think that the thing here that's interesting to me is that most people's guts are jacked because we've all, well, not all, but most people, at least in this culture, um, have had antibiotics and some of us a lot of antibiotics Mm -hmm. and other things that you talked about that trash the gut. And I'm thinking of my immediate friends and family. I don't think I know anyone that has great digestion. Someone always is constipated or has gas or diarrhea. I mean, like they're just not, most people I know aren't regular and and don't have problems or they get random bouts of nausea or Mm -hmm. it's just like the digestive tract in general is not doing so hot. And as you may guess, most of the people I hang around with are pretty health conscious. I mean, you know, none of us are perfect, but... It's no one an, I know eats yeah. McDonald's, you right, know what I mean? Exactly. So. No, it's an epidemic. I mean, it's gut health and gut disease is an epidemic right now because all these things, you know, you were talking about antibiotics and antibiotics destroy the bad bacteria, which is what we want them to do, but they also destroy the good bacteria, as you know. But here's what a lot of people don't know is that glyphosates or Roundup, they only target the good bacteria. So when you're eating all this, you know, non-organic food and foods that that's loaded with Roundup, it's literally killing our good bacteria and it's not even killing the bad bacteria. So it's, it's pretty scary wow. out there. So, um, you know, I can't, I can't stress enough to people, eat organic. Even organic food, unfortunately, now is still getting, you know, some of the Roundup residue and all of that. But we really, really need to try to eat organic, um, and eat as clean as possible. And I, I try to eat clean, but, you know, we're traveling now. It's hard. It's hard to, you know, do that when you're traveling and stuff. But. I've heard that, that uh, I, don't, I don't drink wine, but I have friends that do. And I've heard that, um, that wine, that grapes are very routinely sprayed with glyphosate mm-hmm. and that wine is one of the worst things in terms of getting Roundup into your bloodstream. Absolutely. I never drink wines from the United States. If they're, oh, if, is if that they, the key? That's the key. I mean, Because someone was telling try, me even wines that are organic, you know, that have an organic label will still have glyphosate. I'm like, but if it's organic, can they, they're not supposed to spray. I don't get, do you know yeah. anything about that? Oh yeah. I'm a huge fan of dry farm wines. Are you familiar right. with dry yeah, farm? Yeah, yeah. I just so, ran into Todd. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, that, that I... I do the um, dry farm wines just because I just love it. I love how clean it is. And, and then if I'm out and I can't drink dry farm, then I go to, um, I just order something from uh, from Italy, from France is probably the best to go, uh, wine from France. Um, 
but I just try to stay away from wine. And there's no guarantee if I order something from a different country, right. but the likelihood is higher. So Right. Yeah, yeah, I know. Sometimes I'll go into Home Depot or something, and the first thing you always see when you walk in is a huge stand of Roundup. Oh, oh yeah. You know, know, and people aren't spraying it on their food, but I'm just like, oh my God, everyone's lawn, that stuff is just everywhere. It's oh, and, crazy. And, and then mean, it gets into the water supply. You absolutely. Know? And the dogs, like dogs are just, they're getting like crazy rates of cancer right now because they are, they're in the glyphosate or the Roundup laden grass and everything. So we should not be spraying that on our lawn because there are, and then you bring it into your house and it's, you know, it's just, it's not a good thing. Oh my God. That's true. When you take your dog to the dog park and they're mm-hmm. eating and rolling around in the grass, yeah. they're probably picking up a lot of that, huh? Yeah. I mean, uh, that's it's like, I feel like everyone I'm talking to is a dog that's sick and, and that's why, because these glyph, and it's interesting because the way they got a I don't, I don't want to get on a tangent about glyphosate. No, please do, because I've actually okay. it's really good because I've not covered it, Tina. I, okay. I've alluded to it, but I I always think just because I'm deeper into some of this stuff than your average person, because I'm just a health nut, um, I think, oh, everyone already knows about Roundup, but I'll, then I'll mention it to someone and they're like, what are you talking about? The weed killer? Who cares? Yeah, who cares? So right. please they, like, let, let people know because yeah. I think it's important. It's super important. So I always wonder, like, how in the world did they ever allow Roundup in our country? Like, how did they allow this? Well, what happened is they basically said that the Roundup does, or glyphosate, which is the active ingredient in Roundup, doesn't um, affect human cells. And, and that may be true. I mean, maybe it doesn't affect human cells, but it does affect your bacterial cells. And there's a shikmate pathway that is going on in our body that is, that's what kills the plants in the, um, the weeds that are out there. But it's also destroying our gut bacteria. So it's, it's literally, kill, it doesn't kill human cells, maybe. I mean, I'm not convinced of that yet, but maybe it doesn't. But we know for sure that it does kill bacterial cells. And here we are, more bacteria, 10 times more bacterial cells than we are human cells. And we're literally destroying our bacteria by these glyphosates and the GMOs. So, the, or the um, Roundup. Wow, that's yeah. terrifying. But terrifying. thanks to people like you and me, more people will find out. And like, at least maybe someone won't spray their lawn with it and they'll eat more organic food. Yeah, it's, it, I always you know. tell everyone baby steps. You right. know, no, I don't expect every, you know, we, I've done that myself, just baby steps. That's all you could do. And just and don't beat yourself up over it. Just, you know, do the best you can and educate. And with kids, I feel like you empower kids. You know, you just try to empower them. I try to just have my kids sit down and watch a documentary and just watch it and learn. And then they get, you know, my, my son won't ever drink Gatorade anymore because he was like totally, uh, you know, upset about the fact that he, there was so much sugar in it. And it was, you know, advertised to be this athlete. He's a big athlete. And, you know, he's like, this is ridiculous. So, you know, I just love empowering them. And, and I that's, do too. Yeah. I do too. So in terms of this huge percentage of us actually being something other, which is this you know, colony or colonies of bacteria that live within our gut and I guess on our skin and all over the place. I've heard somewhere, and I don't know if you know this or not, but that when we defecate, just <laughs> it almost sounds grosser to say that yeah, than when well we take a poop. shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. I, don't, I don't know which is grosser, but that a, a lot of that isn't even the food you ate, but it's a lot of bacteria yeah. that's working it, its way through you. And then, you know, it grows and grows and that becomes like some of the actual mass or matter that you evacuate. Do you know anything about yeah, that? Well, I always it, find that curious. It's funny that you said that because we, um, we, always, we talk about the fact that when you're living with people and let's say somebody in your home um, is on an antibiotic, but you're not. And then what happens is if, when they flush the toilet, that 
like the bacteria that they've just defecated is now in the air and then it's coming onto you. It's crazy. So you have to even be like, sometimes you see people who are, have a, um, have a round of antibiotics and like somebody else in the family starts feeling like maybe like a stomach issue and so it's crazy. So yeah, the, it, it's interesting the way the back, it just keeps recycling, you know, all around. So. And in terms of the diversity of bacteria in your gut, uh, I've observed through doing a lot of functional medicine lab testing, right? So you, you know, it's called a stool test and it is a very unpleasant experience for everyone, um, doctors included probably. But anyway, you mail mm-hmm. off your poop somewhere and it gets tested and then you get a report back and it'll say, oh, you know, it'll be kind of in the red or in the green for all of the different bacteria. Um, some of that bacteria will just be completely absent. Mm-hmm. The bacteria that is supposed to be there in a natural human will be totally absent. Some of your bacteria, there'll be too little of. And then even some of what you'd call good bacteria, there'll be too much of. And then there's, of course, all of the bad bacteria that there's also too much of. Mm-hmm. And so those are really great for me to look at. I'm like, wow, I, you know, it gives me, it incentivizes me to fix it, right? Yeah. When I see like, okay, I'm seeing empirical evidence that there is an imbalance here. This might indicate why my stomach always hurts and I'm just not able to digest food you know, in a right. normal, healthy way. But what's really confusing there is like, okay, so I need, I guess, bacteria. Well, what is bacteria? They're called probiotics. And you walk in the goddamn health food store and there's a hundred different types and all these different strains. Some of them say 50 million, a hundred million this. Some of them are like, we're the best because we have, there's 25 strains in this capsule. Some of them say we're the best because you're only supposed to take one strain at a time. Otherwise Mm -hmm. they just cannibalize each other and it's pointless and waste your money. The world of probiotics is so confusing to me personally. And I think to a lot of people, for me, I just, someone will say, oh, this is a good probiotic. And I take it for a while. And then like I run out and I do a different one. And there's the soil-based organisms that were kind of popular a while ago and all these different things. I personally am left just totally clueless. And I'm unable to match my lab results with like what's missing and go find a probiotic that has that. I mean, you'd have to really be an absolute mad scientist Mm -hmm. to try and supplement very specific strains. And then there's the issue of, and this is like a statement and a question. I want you just to like give us a whole like demystifying wrap on this. Then there's the issue of that many of them need to be refrigerated. Some say they don't need to be refrigerated. And then because there's a lot of competitive marketing jargon between the companies that are manufacturing and selling probiotics, that some claim ours live through the digestive process as that you swallow them and they actually go where they're supposed to go and then thrive. And then others don't say anything about that. So you just can assume you're eating sawdust and they're just going to die before they ever get where they're supposed to go. So give us your understanding of how the probiotic supplementation works and some of the do's and don'ts and the myths and the actual facts and empirical evidence on how to fix your gut with probiotics. Okay. I am so excited right now. I'm going to talk for like an hour. Do it. No, (laughs) please. Just I know that was a huge tee up, you know, and there's a lot there, but based on our brief conversation before I recorded, I'm like, I know you know this stuff. Yeah. And it's a question I get from a lot of people. What's the best probiotic? I'm like, I don't know. This is the one I'm taking this week. You guys try this. But I I haven't really stood behind any particular product because it is so mysterious to me. Yes, yes. Okay, well, I hope I will debunk all of the myths out there. But I'll start with the refrigeration one because I always think that's the one that's the most fun. Uh, You know, so many people, there's this myth out there that probiotic, in order to be a good probiotic, it needs to be refrigerated. 
And so I'm like, okay, if it needs to be refrigerated, it means it would die if it stood on the store shelf. So if it's going, if it can't even withstand the room temperature of the store shelf, how is it going to survive your body temperature, which is 98.6? And the answer is it doesn't. I mean, it, they die. So the majority of probiotics on the market are made up of lactobacillus and bifidobacter. And, and those are also the majority of strains that are found on your stool test that you, you know, the results that you got from your stool test. So lactobacillus and bifidobacter are the, nor- they're predominant in our gut. The idea in in nature was never to repopulate your gut with more lactobacillus and bifidobacter. The idea was to take strains that actually would feed, bring your own lactobacillus and bifidobacter strains back to life. So the refrigeration thing is a complete myth. I mean, there is no, there is no science that shows, a ref, you know, a refrigerated probiotic is better than one that's not refrigerated. It's just that they're trying, they're keeping them refrigerated to keep the bacteria alive. The difference is with bacillus spores, they actually are dormant when you find them in the soil, when, you find, when they're in the capsule, they're dormant. So they haven't become alive yet. You swallow them, they get through the gastric juices, they are still dormant. When they hit the intestines, they take their shell off and that's when they become alive. And that's when they go into their live vegetative cell state. So um, the, and, it, and we don't intercote them. We don't do any special engineering to them. It's nothing like that. We are literally taking nature's true probiotic strains and are able to make them into a supplement form. The most ideal thing would be just to eat off of the dirt. But unfortunately, our dirt is so you know contaminated. Now it doesn't have those types of strains in it anymore. If you lived in Tanzania in a tribe that was you know, completely clean, you wouldn't need a probiotic supplement. You would just eat off of the dirt and the land and get those bacillus strains from the land. So very, very different. So when, and then your first part of your question was saying, um, oh, so if you're, this is the other really cool thing about bacillus strains is so they are universal colonizers, meaning that every living species has a binding site for bacillus. So Um, One of the best analogies I love to use is a garden analogy. So if you envision this garden, you compare that to your gut, and the garden is stepped on and trampled on, and there's weeds growing all over that garden. The old approach was of the lactobacillus and bifidobacter strains, which again is like the majority of probiotics on the market, was to throw seeds in that garden. You hope they get there alive, and then, but they, most of them don't ever get there alive. They die. The stomach juice stomach acid kills them, but let's say they did get there alive. They would plant a plant here and there, and then they leave that garden the same day. They just come in, a couple hours later, they leave, similar to the way food passes through your system. With bacillus, it's a completely different approach. You go into the, you throw the seeds in the garden, they get there 100% alive. They attach to the soil, so they're attaching to your intestinal cell wall. They get rid of the weeds in the garden, so they're getting rid of your pathogenic bacteria or overgrowth of some, you know, maybe Candida, H. pylori, the overgrowth of it. And then it's also bringing those plants that have been stepped on and trampled on back to life, creating more diversity. And this is how we create diversity. And you're right, you mentioned diversity. Having a diverse microbiome is the, it equals health. I mean, that's what it is. You need to have a diverse microbiome. And these, this approach to probiotics is so much more effective in creating diversity. A lot, there's a myth out there we should try to switch up our probiotics. You know, one, t- one month, take one that has 15 strains and the next one. Right. Is, yeah. And a couple months later, yeah, take one with 20. Yeah, that's what I always do. I kind of look on the back of the bottle. I'm like, huh, those big weird words look unfamiliar. I'll take this one this month because there is, you know, from the people selling them, 
of course, a lot of competition. And so there's some misinformation, whether intentional or not. But it seems to me to make logical sense that you wouldn't want to take too many strains at once because they're just going to cannibalize each other and sort of compete for space and resources within your gut, essentially, right? So if you're taking a probiotic that has 25 strains, that sounds better because more is better with many things. But in the case of this, intuitively, I've always been like, maybe I should just take one strain for a month then switch, but who knows like which one, when? And it's just at the end, that's where I arrive at. Like I said, I'm just like, whatever, I just take them all, all the time and hope it does something. Right, right, exactly. And and all of these, when you're when you're switching them up, people are thinking that's creating diversity. That's not that's creating- That's what I always think. Yeah, it's not creating, what, what creates diversity is taking your own bacteria that already belongs to you and bringing it back to life. Because even if you get a stool test back and they say zero, I mean, there's no such thing. I mean, you're gonna, you if you have no bacteria, I mean, you, you'd be dead. I mean, you need the bacteria to be alive. So, I mean, it may be dangerously low, but that's the role of the bacillus spores is to get in there and bring them back to life. And now you're creating this lush garden. I mean, it is the garden analogy. I use it all the time, but it's so perfect because these are like the gardener of the gut. They're getting in there and they're getting, they know what needs to get, you know, what the weeds, you need to get rid of those. You need to bring the other plants back to life. And so, but by throwing a whole bunch of different plants in that garden, it's going to be kind of, you know, a really messed up garden, not looking so pretty, you know, and there's no rhyme or reason to it. I'm sure by this point in the conversation with Tina, it's very clear that your gut might need help and that you want to work on leaky gut, your digestion, you're learning about probiotics, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I've got to say, I am a massive, legitimate fan of Thrive Probiotic. And Tina's been cool enough to give us a little discount on her product for the listeners. So if you want to check it out, go to thriveprobiotic.com forward slash Luke. You're going to save 15% by using the code Luke15. That's thriveprobiotic.com forward slash Luke. The code is Luke15. And I've been taking this stuff every day since I met her. And honestly, my digestion is so much better. I take this everywhere I go. Every, every time I travel, anywhere I go, like it's one of the main supplements that I take with me because I've had a lot of problems with dysbiosis throughout my life. All I ate was like glyphosate and gluten and sugar my whole childhood. I drank way too much alcohol for a long time. My gut is pretty wrecked, uh, but it's getting better you know, through this probiotic and a lot of other things that I'm doing to heal it. So go to thriveprobiotic.com forward slash Luke and the code is Luke15. If you're someone that wants to be healthy, chances are the reason you want to be healthy if you really drill down is because you want to be happy. Well, you know what makes you happy? is getting melatonin in your veins at night. It's getting serotonin and dopamine in your brain during the day. Do you know what makes those neurotransmitters and hormones happen? It's light. And if you are exposed to artificial blue and green light after dark and even during the day, you're suppressing your ability to produce these within your body. I don't want to get too geeky and scientific because I would stumble over my words and you might not even understand what I'm talking about. But after over three years of interviewing experts, a couple hundred of them now, uh, one of the underlying causes of all disorders and disease is artificial light at night. And if you just think about it from a common sense, nature-based point of view, we have not evolved to see this very narrow spectrum of blue light that exists in your LED lighting on your computer and probably inside your house and headlights and uh, street lights as you drive around at night and anytime you go to the movies or a club or watch TV, anywhere you go at night, 
you're seeing a spectrum of light that doesn't exist in nature and that we haven't evolved to see. We've evolved to only see firelight and starlight and some moonlight at night. And so we've completely hijacked our bodies. We've become domesticated. And this is really, really harmful. Now, it's easy to fix. You can still live your life. Live your life. Go out, go clubbing, have a ball. But you just have to wear your Blue Blocks glasses. So go to blueblocks.com. That's spelled B-L-U-B-L-O-X, blueblocks.com. And get yourself some of these dope glasses. They have a few different frame styles. They do prescriptions. They do reading glasses. And they do non-prescription glasses that block the different spectrums of harmful blue and green light. So go to blueblocks.com. Enter the code LIFESTYLIST at checkout to save 15%. That's LIFESTYLIST at blueblocks.com. And now, back to the interview. So, say we were born in a remote area, right? We're born in the jungle of Mm -hmm. Brazil or something, right? Where there's not industrial contamination, there's no pesticides in the food. We're hunter-gatherer people. Let's just go back in time a little bit. We would have picked up bacteria from breast milk. We would have picked up the seed bacteria from the vaginal canal, having been born, you know, pre-C-section. By the way, if you have a C-section, ladies, make sure you swab your baby. If your doctor doesn't know what that is, you got the wrong doctor. Please make sure you do that, yes. But so this is the inoculation that you're born with, right? The breast milk, the vaginal canal. And and so that gets in your mouth and that becomes the beginnings of your gut biome, as I understand it. And please correct me if I'm wrong. Then in your environment, you'd be eating vegetation and things. You'd be a kid playing. And, you know, that's why kids taste everything. They're, they're, They're innately wired to eat dirt and be getting in germs and bacteria and stuff because that's informing and building their immune system through the gut, right? So so let's say that you were that person who had all of those strains that you need naturally for your body type or whatever it is, your, your, your gene base, I guess you could say, then you have massive amounts of antibiotics as a kid and you kill off 100% some of those strains that would have existed in the jungle where you were born and the breast milk and all the thing. What if those are just completely gone from your body? Don't you need to go find like that specific strain and put it back in? No, you don't. So you're, you're just... saying there's, there is somewhere within you, no matter how many antibiotics you've taken, yeah. how disconnected you are from your natural environment, that there is a seed of that strain in there somewhere. Yes. And that these spore-based bacteria have a way of, of creating an environment where that can then kind of come out of remission, Yep. right? And then start to proliferate. Yes. The gut biome. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Wow. And and they yeah, I mean, the other I just want to mention the antibiotic thing. The other thing is like we know antibiotics are destroying our gut. And when most people tell you, oh, don't take a probiotic when you're on an antibiotic, and that's true because they would be destroyed by the antibiotic. But this the um bacillus spores actually withstand the presence of an antibiotic. So please, if somebody... Yeah, it's amazing. That's dope. Yeah, it's really dope. And (laughs) you could actually bake with them up to 455 degrees. I mean, you could put it in your kid's food. You could, you know, people don't like to swallow. But yeah, but but back to your question. Absolutely. These will go back and help bring your bacteria back to life. Wow. And that's... That's rad. That is... It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. On what you just said about antibiotics, I've just always intuitively, and I recommend this to all my friends because I'm, of course, you know, normally the guy in in the crew, um, whether it be a girlfriend, friends, whatever. They're like, I don't know, Luke, I have this thing. What should I do? Yeah. I always tell people, and what I always do is I have every kind of kefir, every fermented food. 
I take just shit loads of probiotics anytime I've ever had to be on antibiotics. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of time them where like, I'll take the antibiotic, then a while later, take a bunch of probiotics. And then I just got unscientific about it. And I just take as many fermented bacteria laden things as possible completely through the whole process of antibiotics, which, you know, thankfully I take antibiotics very, very rarely. And I have to get so, so sick before I'll ever, you know, right. do that as an intervention. But is, if you're taking antibiotics, is there any point to eating a bunch of fermented foods and just mm -hmm. stacking up the bacteria? Or are the antibiotics just going to nuke everything for that two-week period that you're on it, no matter when you take them? Yeah, I mean, it's, I always think it's better to do that. Yeah, I mean, and I, do, I just think that the, when, you're on a ferment, when you're taking fermented foods, it's going to destroy any bacteria. And I, I could... There's a whole other myth about fermented foods that may be oh, a little good. controversial. Let's cover it. No, but, that's good. Let's but, cover it. But definitely, if you are on an antibiotic, you need to be on a probiotic that is made up of bacillus spores because they withstand the room temperature of the store shelf. I mean, we, I mean, oh my God, they withstand the presence of an antibiotic. So, right. um, it, I mean, you should take it alongside with your antibiotic. And remember how I was saying that these strains go in and they get rid of the weeds in the garden and then they also bring the, you know, good bacteria back to life. So, we, these are doing this, they're working alongside the antibiotic. So they're working conjunct, you know, in conjunction with the antibiotic. So, um, and then, I'm sorry, what was it? Well, I want to talk oh, the, about oh, the, the fermented, fermented yeah. foods. Yeah, because so, okay. I have not heard many people talk about this, but Dave Asprey in particular talks about, you know, some kombucha might be good, some sauerkraut might be good, but there's a histamine yeah. factor yeah. to fermented foods where some people are going to react adversely to loading up on all these fermented foods and you get a runny nose, stuffy nose, inflammation, sort of an allergic reaction, I yeah. guess. Yeah. So what, what's your take on, on well, fermented foods? Because within the ancestral food community, the fermented foods are pretty popular. Mm -hmm. You've yeah. got natto out of Japan. You have the whole Eastern European kind of krauts and all of that stuff. And yeah. I don't know, based on you know human longevity studies and things like that, fermented foods seem to have permeated all different cultures from around the planet. So would people keep doing it for thousands of years if it didn't do something good for you? Right, right. But again, I, you know, I don't know. You yeah. go into Whole Foods and you're like, wow, there's a whole row of fermented foods and they all have all these different bacteria. There's the wild fermentation. There's the lab fermentation. That is a whole complex world in and of itself. Right, no, absolutely. So fermented foods are awesome. I think they are great. I think you, um, the ferment is what is most valuable to us. So it's allowing us to have greater nutrient absorption and that's great. But the problem is, and the myth out there is that people think fermented foods provide probiotics. That's and, what I think. And they don't. God damn <laughs> so it. Sorry. <laughs> no, please myth bust Yes. Because I also don't like to recommend things to people based on pseudoscience and yeah. armchair you know, health expert shit. But you should... I always just tell people like, as I said, if you're on antibiotics, Eat tons of fermented food. Yeah. It just makes sense. But I literally think if I have, I make raw goat milk kefir. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm actually out of my grains. I got them from this Amish family in Colorado and then we lost touch and now my grains oh, no. died. Yeah, it oh, sucks. No. So if anyone has any good <laughs> yeah. kefir grains, please DM me on Instagram and send them to me. Okay. But I love that. But I always think, oh, this is like way better than, this is my probiotics. I'm yeah. drinking my kefir. And it probably is better than the normal conventional probiotics out there. You're right. I mean, you are right. But the probiotic benefit is going to be destroyed by the stomach acid the same way the probiotic supplements I was just talking about. I mean, the, the lactobacillus and bifidobacter that's produced by it will also be killed by the stomach acid. It, I do think it's great to be doing that while you're on an antibiotic, for sure, just because the ferment is great, you're getting greater nutrient absorption and all that, but you're not getting 
probiotics from fermented foods. God damn they it. They die. Yeah, they die. So, uh, I mean, you get, I mean, from a, yeah, but they're <laughs> well, still you great. It, you get a lot I of, take, no. you, you get enzymes, right? Yes. You get a lot of oh, enzyme, get, enzyme, what is it? Enzymatic action, enzymatic action, you yeah. know, power and, there. Right. No, Ener and, energy. And it's, they're so good for you. I mean, I'm a, I eat fermented foods all the time. I'm not suggesting that they're not yeah. good for you. I just, they are not a replacement for a probiotic. I mean, it, they just aren't. I mean, they're not, for a spore-based probiotic. Yeah. They're not going in, they're not getting to the gut alive. Now, they are getting their dead and and dead bacteria. There's more studies on dead lactobacillus than like live, because most of it, we they all know, they've known for years that lactobacillus dies by the time it gets to the intestine. So, and there's more studies on dead bacteria. So you may get some symptomatic relief. It may help with some gas or bloating, but you're not getting a true change in the microbiome. So wow, that's interesting. It's really, really different. So I, I don't ever want that, you know, insight to have people not eat fermented foods because I think fermented foods are awesome, super nutritious for you. You just aren't getting probiotic benefits from it. Wow. True probiotic benefits that are actually colonizing and attaching to this intestinal cell wall, changing, you know, the good guys, you know, making sure the good guys are awaiting the bad bacteria. Do you think that say you eat a really heavy meal, a giant steak, and you have some fermented foods with it, some sauerkraut, do you think there's any digestive benefit generally from eating, you know, a little bit of fermented foods with most of your meals? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think the ferment gives you some of that benefit and some of the dead bacteria that gets there may give you some relief. Right. But yeah, I think it's great to eat fermented foods right. with it. Yes, for that reason. Yeah. And do you know anything about the negative impact of fermented foods and or probiotics that have that histamine sort of reaction? Yeah. So a lot of people, yeah, they have the histamine. Um, I mean, a lot of the probiotic supplements have. Um, a lot of people come to us and say, oh my gosh, I, I can't take probiotics because I, I have a hist or I can't take probiotics. They just don't agree with me. I go, do you have a histamine um, issue? And they're like, yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. So um, this the bacillus strains have no, they do not produce histamines at all. So, um, and, and yes, that would happen with fermented foods too sometimes. So um, but the nice thing is if you take the bacillus spores, you won't have to worry about the you know histamine because there are no histamines produced with those. Cool. Then there's the issue which I alluded to, and you may or may not know anything about this, but there's the you know like lab fermentation of foods, and then there's the wild fermentation. And mm -hmm. many people are for the wild fermentation. I used to make, I forget what this stuff was called. It was some sort of beet kvass, or no, it was cabbage. What was that stuff called? It was part of, the, oh, this is back <laughs> in my like vegetarian days when I would make my own kombucha and stuff. I, oh man, it's eluding me at the moment, lack of smart drugs or sleep, but... Uh, <laughs> you would take cabbage and you put in a Vitamix and then you'd um, let it ferment and then you'd, you know, sort of um, just take the liquid out. And it was like, not kombucha, but something like that. It's, I don't know, some Russian shit or something. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> and I would do that, but then people said, oh, you don't want it. That's a wild fermentation, meaning I'm not introducing a spore. I'm not introducing um, kefir grains or anything like that, like a, something to kind of be a starter, mm -hmm. a bacteria. It's just coming out of whatever's in the air. And it's said that sometimes the bacteria in the air is not necessarily the bacteria that you want inside your body. And yeah. so some people are very anti-wild fermentation, especially if you live in an urban area. Like there's all kinds of strains of bacteria floating yeah. around that you don't necessarily want to ferment and introduce large amounts of into yeah. your system. Right. Have right. you heard anything about the yeah, wild I, fermentation I mean, I, thing? And to be honest with you, I'm not really that familiar with that. You That's know, cool. whether or not it's yeah, I don't know. Well, you know, you're not selling sauerkraut, so it's not your business it's to know. Not, but yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of it's somewhat of a heated debate that I've heard in the periphery mm -hmm. of the fermentation ancestral food movement thing. So anyway, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. We'll get to the root of that.
Interesting, um, yeah. But it is fascinating to learn about kind of debunking some of the probiotic stuff, especially what I think is really interesting is the refrigeration issue yeah. because- Or the 50 billion CFUs yeah. is better. That's another what, one. Oh yeah, yeah I didn't what, even talk yeah, about that what, one. Yeah, what is that? Well, you know, people think, oh, this one, this prob- probiotic has 50 billion cells or CFUs, colony forming units, or this one has 20 billion, or this one has 100, and there's now some that have 250 billion. I mean- that has become complete marketing. I mean, there is no science behind it. There's no, really? no, it's it's just, they're putting in these crazy numbers because they know that they're all dying. I mean, um, Silica Labs in Chicago did a study. They took the leading selling probiotic supplement with 50 billion CFUs out of, you know, one of the big health food stores, found out 99.99% of them died before they got to the intestines. And the scary part is that particular probiotic on the label said 50 billion CFUs, but was what was actually in there was 250 billion CFUs, and it still died off 99.99%. I mean, companies are putting so many more in because they're trying to, you know, get them to survive, and they just, they're, you know, they know that they're not really surviving and all of that. But they are, they're not. I mean, the 50 billion, 20 billion, there's all the science is on, you know, lower doses, a single strain. The other big issue out there that's really important, which is really scary, is this whole diversity thing that you and I just talked about. Um, when you, Cal, University of California, Davis, um, they took 16 different probiotics off of California store shelves and tested them to see if they met label claims. Only one of them met label claims. Because what's happening is there's this buzz out there, you need to take a probiotic with lots of different strains. So let's say you have a probiotic that has 15 strains. What companies are doing is they're taking all 15 in the, of those strains, sourcing them, throwing them in one vat, fermenting them all together, so what's happening is one strain will take over another strain. So right, a, a right. strain that's on the bottle and the label is no longer in the product. Um, two strains come together and create a whole new strain. So strains that were not listed on the label are now on the product, but we don't know if they're good or safe or anything. Um, and these, this study was done on primarily children's probiotics, and they literally only one of them met label claims out of 16. So we have, like, our product is completely DNA verified by a third-party, independent third-party lab. And it's really important to have a probiotic DNA verified to know that what, you know, they say is on the label is actually in the capsule itself. So you'll do a DNA test of the actual bacteria yes. with a third party that says this is the bacteria that's in the end product. Yes. Not in the beginning of the manufacturing exactly. chain, which, as you're saying, could com- come out completely Frankenstein by the time you get to the end of it. Right, right, exactly. So ours are grown in four separate bats. Oh, wow. And so, yeah. Trippy. So like, that's a big myth out there. You know, you need one that has a lot of different strains. Yeah. That's absolutely, most studies are done on single strain bacteria. That is just all become marketing. 50 billion is better than, you know, 2 billion. That's absolutely no science behind it. The, the focus needs to be on the quality of the strain. Is the quality, is the strain surviving? And when it gets there, is it doing something besides just leaving the body? So, it's funny as we sit here, I'm looking at a, a logo of one of the booths that says <laughs> Garden of Life. And, and they've made some good products that I've taken over the years. I, I think they were sold at one point. You know, I don't know, yeah. whatever. They had some shit that I would buy here and there. But mm-hmm. I was just reminded, one of the probiotics that was recommended to me, I think it's their product. And I think it's called Ultra Defense, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And the big hype with it, and you know, obviously I'm not trying to be lacking tact and putting other brands down or whatever, but I just also am a straight shooter. <laughs> 
But what made me take it was that it would... Oh, shit. I forgot we're on microphone <laughs> in the whole thing. They can hear us. I love the Garden of Life products. They're awesome. Everyone should go to their booth. No. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. What just happened, guys? I realize I'm on a PA right next to their booth. So we're not going to talk shit about them because I don't know the answer. Let me be more general. Okay. I was taking the product and uh, I might even have some at home, but what attracted me to it was a soil-based organism, mm -hmm. something called an SBO. Okay. So maybe in a more general, tactful way to not be rude to our fellow vendors here, what is a soil-based organism and why would that be something you want and what makes that different from another type of um, you know, strain of bacteria or something like yeah. that? Yeah, that's a great question because I think there's a lot of confusion with soil-based organisms. Um, our strains or the spore-based are found in the soil. So a lot of people will call ours soil-based, which in some respects, maybe they are, but we consider them spore-based because there are soil-based organisms that are found in the soil. Spore-based organisms are found in the soil. So that's where they start out being the same. But when they, the soil-based organisms actually live in the soil, so they're alive in the soil. Spore-based organisms are dormant in the soil. They don't become alive until they hit their home, which is the intestines. So that's, there's a big distinction between soil-based and spore-based. They both could be considered soil-based, but you just want to make sure that they're a spore-based because the spore-based actually live in, they are not alive in the soil. They're alive in the gut, which is where you want them to be alive. So just like most lactobacillus and bifidobacter strains have difficulty surviving the gastric system. Soil-based would have the same difficulty because remember, they're alive. Right. They've already hatched yeah. for lack of a better term, yeah. right? So I've never thought of bacteria as having spores. When I hear the word spore, I always think of fungus, Yeah, right? It, a mushroom yeah. spore. I take reishi spore oil or whatever like that. But the term spore also applies to bacteria. Yeah. It's a totally different type of spore. It's not it. any, okay. it has nothing to do with mushroom or fungus. It's just, yeah. it's called an endospore shell around itself. So it has this endospore shell around the bacteria. And again, it's not something we've put on. These Nature puts this endospore shell on them and then you swallow it gets through the gastric system with that shell on. And then when it hits the intestines, it takes its shell off and goes into a live vegetative cell state. Then the interesting thing is you defecate it. It comes out of your body. It goes back into the spore form and it just keeps continuing on the life cycle of the, um, it just keeps going on and on. It goes back into the soil. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it has a cyclical lifespan within the natural ecosystem. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's trippy. So in a sense, it never dies. It's eternal. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it, we have an expiration date on our product, but it really doesn't need one because it would never expire. I mean, we have to do it by law, but I mean, yeah, it yeah. would never expire because they're dormant. They're not alive. And so we, I mean, you could find them you know, I mean, we, they could sit there for hundreds and hundreds of years. You could bake. They're also so robust that you could bake with them. We've tested them up to 455 degrees. I That's mean, it's amazing. Crazy. Yeah, absolutely one thing crazy. I'm, one thing I'm curious about, I think it was, is uh, brought about by the term spore and thinking about fungus is over the years, you know, observing the probiotic industry, every once in a while a company will pop up and they say, oh, we're the best because we have fungus in ours and that that's part of your gut biome too. And that oftentimes you have a fungal overgrowth, just like you have a bacterial overgrowth mm -hmm. or in some cases an undergrowth, you know, you're, you, you need more of this particular fungal. Do you know have yeah. anything about the fungal end of yeah. gut health? And, yeah. Like candida and those yeah, types of yeah, things. Yeah. yeah. So candida, I think what people forget is that 
we don't want to kill candida and get rid of it. You know, or H. pylori, if people think of H. pylori and candida as being bad. Well, they are a normal part of our gut flora. They belong there. It's just when they become overgrown that they become problematic. So we wouldn't want to do anything to completely get rid of or eradicate them or get rid of them. Um, so what the spores do is they go in and like I was saying, like the garden, they go in and they actually elbow out or they get kind of elbow out the bacteria overgrowth or the fungal overgrowth um, that's there. So uh, same thing. These strains will go in and take care of any fungal overgrowth as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. The candida uh, is another one of those health trends that I see over the years. It's 20 plus years I've kind of been into this stuff and I'll see candida is a really big deal and there's a whole section again in the health food store that's like, kill the candida, yeah, candida cleanse. The can- yeah, right, yeah right. and so I've always thought, oh, candida is bad. You got to get rid of it. Uh, so that's that's an interesting perspective. So yeah. I guess overall with the gut, it's what we're really trying to achieve is this sense of um, homeostasis and balance because exactly. there's, that's, there's yeah. always going to be some bad guys, some good guys. And when we're completely out of balance with our environment and our gut pH and all the things that affect that, then... You know, you have these little armies inside that start to rise up on either side and you need something in there that's, you know, the general that's going to kind of (laughs) keep things in order. Yeah, because people will say, well, if this is good for constipation, how can it be good for diarrhea? And it's like, well, because both are showing you have an imbalance going on. And so we need to, you know... er if you have, you know, it's, it's basically just bringing everything back into balance. So it doesn't matter... What you know, if you have constipation or diarrhea, it's you need to be taking care of that imbalance going on. Yeah, uh, without getting too graphic, I mean, throughout my life, I've have very rarely felt like I'm really healthy in that area. You know, I just wow. think I'm eating a pretty clean diet, everything's cool, and it's like, ah, God, I just have a gurgling gut, and I just mm-hmm. like, yeah, this doesn't feel great, or I have to take herbs to make sure that I stay regular and stuff. It's just always not really been right. But I'm also not prepared to go find a friend that's never right, taken right. antibiotics. And, and now do fecal you, you don't implants. have to now. Now you, you know? have something that will. Uh, yeah, exactly. Now, uh, next, I want to cover prebiotics mm-hmm. because that's now a big buzzword in the health scene. And, um, you know, my girlfriend's always trying to encourage me to eat more vegetables because I could pretty much just eat bacon and steak and mm-hmm. fish all day and a bunch of fat and. Yeah. I just don't really What's like problem, I just right? don't really like vegetables that much, to <laughs> uh-huh. be honest. I mean, I'm not like a nice arugula salad here and there. Like, that's okay. Yeah. Avocados, kind of, well, that's a fruit, I guess. But I have to, in other words, what I'm saying is I have to force myself. So, mm-hmm. you know, one of the sponsors of my show is um, called Organifi, and they make this yeah. really great alkalizing green superfood powder. And I'm kind of like, there's my salad. Yeah. And my girlfriend would be like, no, dude, that's you need it. the vegetables. <laughs> exactly. And I'm always thinking, why? And she and other people have said, well, dude, you need the fiber. You need the probiotics in order to feed the bacteria in your gut. So you could be taking probiotics or eating fermented foods or whatever. But once they get into the gut, there's nothing for them to thrive on mm-hmm. because they don't, they don't live off butter or steak. Right, or whatever, right. Exactly. You know? exactly. So what other than you know, introducing, say, like these type of spores or the right bacteria, what else do we need to do to keep that? symbiotic relationship going and and fuel the good bacteria that is in there. Yeah. Well, I would always say that your girlfriend's right. And then God you, damn it. <laughs> I was hoping you, you'd be like, oh, don't listen to her. Yeah. Eat, do carnivore. Yeah, exactly. Well, and you know, I, I'm sorry to interrupt yeah, after yeah. asking you a question, but what's really weird about that is uh, one of my brothers has been on the carnivore diet now. He might be going on a year. I think he has the odd uh, sweet potato. Uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. But I mean, that's some fiber and maybe prebiotic fiber in there. But I mean, he said that his digestion has never been better. And he's had a lot of antibiotics, a lot of gut issues. And he's just, comp- he, he really only eats salt. This is legit salt, pepper, and beef. And wow. then if he wants to splurge, you'll have a yam. I wow. mean, no spices, no sauces, no vegetables, no nothing. Wow. And he's like, my digestion is the smoothest, most regular, best I've ever had. Wow. And I'm like, well, that kind of blows holes in the whole prebiotic thing. I mean, it can meat work as a prebiotic or do you need vegetables? Do you need fibers? Give me the whole spiel. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think that's an example of how you have to listen to your own individual body. You know, I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of intermittent fasting, but I don't know that it works for everybody. I don't think it's always the right thing. Or, you know, maybe that carnivore diet is really what your brother needed. And he, it was, he was listening to his body. But, you know, the thing is, if prebiotics are basically the, feed, the food that feeds the good bacteria. So um, if you're on it, you know, if you're gut is nice and healthy and you're taking the bacillus spores and you're getting, you know, and it's all fine. You don't, and you're eating some vegetables. I always think getting prebiotics from food is better. We do have a prebiotic that is really, really specialized. Um, it basically, the problem with prebiotics is that sometimes, not sometimes, prebiotics generally don't know whether it's food or a supplement, don't know how to distinguish between good bacteria and bad bacteria. So they're going to feed the good bacteria, but they're also going to feed the bad bacteria. Oh. So that's why a lot of the prebiotic foods will cause issues for people a lot of times. And so they're going to, they're like, oh, this doesn't agree with me. It's because it's feeding the bad bacteria too. So we have a prebiotic that actually took years for us to just develop it and formulate it, but it only feeds the good bacteria. So it's made up of three oligosaccharides that only feed the good bacteria, does not feed the bad bacteria. So that's oh, a, interesting. So you could do that with your Organifi green juices and you know, you could do the prebiotic right. or you could just eat some vegetables. Right. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm halfway joking. I, I do sometimes enjoy vegetables. Yeah. Last night I had some great Thai food here in Austin and well, there was a lot of vegetables. Yeah, they were, they so were delicious. Fine. It's, you know, but... Well, I have a confession to make. I don't love them either. So I eat them, but I don't love them either. Well, you know what? It's also that I'm just not great at cooking, nor do I want to be. I don't like cooking. I don't like prepping. I don't like dishes. Oh my God, Um, Luke, like now I know why we get along so well. (laughs) It's like, this is, yeah, yeah, this is how I am. So if I was a great chef and I could make vegetables taste delicious, I would eat more. And thankfully, my girlfriend is a great cook and she makes vegetables. I'm like, oh my God, these are amazing. Why don't I do this more often? But it's it's literally just because... When, if I'm alone being in bachelor mode in my house, I'm going to eat one of two things. I'm going to take some, either a steak on a you know fancy night alone, um, usually just some grass-fed beef with some ghee or lard or something, eh, throw in a frying pan, takes two minutes. Uh, or I'm going to throw a piece of wild seafood in the grill and like cook it wrong, dry it out, and it's going to taste gross and chalky, and I'm just going to get it down. Yeah. <laughs> um, or... On now I've started back on this thing called Model Meals, which is a really great like Whole30 approved paleo um, pre-made meals that get oh, delivered twice a week in Southern awesome. California. Shout out to them because they're awesome. Yeah, no canola oil, no funny business, really, really clean food. And they will have some vegetables in there that actually taste good. And I can just throw them in the frying pan with the rest of it, a uh-huh. little ghee, and in five minutes I have like a really good tasting, super healthy meal. So right. I'm, I'm working on it, but it's... Yeah. That's it's good. Just, hey, baby steps. Like we talked about baby steps. Yeah. In and of myself, just out of laziness and inertia, I'm not going to eat enough. So the prebiotics, that's interesting. So if you were doing, I'm trying to think of prebiotics, I've intentionally taken like um, corn, you know, cornstarch. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do they call that? 
I'm thinking like Jerusalem artichoke. Yeah, Jerusalem, huge, yeah. yeah, Jerusalem artichoke. And then there's this certain kind of cornstarch. Anyway, mm. it doesn't matter. But it's used often as a prebiotic because it's really hard to digest. Or there's some that are made out of like banana peels and yeah, this kind right, of stuff. Yeah, right, right. Yes, right? exactly. It's yeah. all these, like, uh, these starches that you can't break down. And so they end up in your intestines essentially. Mm-hmm. But what you're saying is that then the bad bacteria that are the bad guys in there, they're like, cool, smorgasbord. And then they start to thrive because they're... right you're also feeding them. Exactly, exactly. That's so that's why people may have some issues with it. So we even say like, start out with the probiotics so that you could, you know, clean up the, the gut and get rid of that bad bacteria. So you diminish the chances of feeding any bad bacteria anyway, so. That's cool. Yeah. Well, what's, I think what's neat about this conversation is that, um, you know, as I said, obviously we're, we're here at Paleo FX and whatever month it is, April, this probably won't come out for a couple months. Uh-huh. And I just got some of your product, which I've, I've known about for a while and everyone says is great, but I just, you know, there's so many things I haven't gotten around to. Yeah. It. So I'm going to have the opportunity now to really do, I'm going to stop all of the probiotics. Yes. Or prebiotics, and I'm gonna just do just thrive, and uh, and then by the time I record the intro for this, I mean I'm just hoping that I have great results. I'm not. Oh, like, you will. Yeah. I mean, so you I'm will. releasing this interview, guys, and her stuff actually didn't really <laughs> yeah. work, but it was a great interview. Yeah. But I I'm anticipating based on my intuition and you know hearing your base of knowledge and experience that in the next two months or so before this comes out, I'll have done you know a couple yeah. bottles of your stuff and then do the prebiotic and hopefully be able to report back like wow I don't have weird gas and cramps and digestive problems, even though my diet is pretty stable and clean. Yeah, yeah, no, you, know? and I would definitely suggest that when you start out with Just Thrive, you start maybe with a half a capsule, um, go slowly. Do you most- know who you're talking to? You tell me that, I'm like, oh, so she means take five <laughs> twice a day. Oh no, no, you know what? I mean, okay. especially if you have some dysbiosis or imbalance yeah. going on, you wanna make sure you just start out slowly. Okay. Most people are completely fine with one capsule. At the okay. end of a meal, They, you know, you're fine, but so, you, Take it with food. Oh, uh, okay. Always take it with food. We have studies that show that this these strains actually germinate, use the food to germinate throughout the intestine. So you get more for your money. It's fine to take it on an empty stomach, oh, okay. just better to take it in the presence of food. Oh, cool. Yeah, but if, and if you ever feel any gastrointestinal discomfort when you initially start out with it, that's a great sign. Don't be freaked out about that. That is such a great sign. I mean, it may just be a die-off or a detox reaction, but and that's why I just say to go slower, but stick with it and go through it, and you will it will it will have profound results. I mean, you'll Rad. you'll feel amazing. It's it's really exciting. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited. Yeah, because- I mean, we see crazy results. I mean, it's Luke. It's like I can't. It's the most gratifying thing I've ever done in my life by far. Isn't it cool doing something for a living that not only fulfills you but also helps other people? Oh. It, it's I, I I could get like teary eyed right now thinking <laughs> Me too. about it. It's like I just love love doing this for people. I mean, yeah. the story. You know, we speak at a lot of autism events because a lot of kids on the spectrum have a lot of dysbiosis going on, and I get emails and phone calls from moms like crying. You know, people with crazy chronic um, irritable bowel. You know, all these types of you know digestive issues that they've lived with their whole life. And, you know, they are just having incredible results in it. And, you know, it's amazing. It's so amazing. Oh, that's rad. Yeah, I just, it's really neat to be able to impact people and also make money, have a good life, do your thing. As I I walk the halls here at, uh, at this event, I mean, I just... I ran into all these people that are just super lit up. Oh my God, dude, I love your podcast. Yeah. I've learned this and I've learned that. And it's like, wow, I'm I'm actually just sitting here having conversations, learning. I mean, not just for yeah, myself, right, but right. 
when I talked to you earlier, I'm like, we need to record. This is really good information. And why should it just be for me? Yeah. Yeah. Let's no, have it be for another 30,000 people the week this comes out or whatever it is. Yeah. You know? No, so. I mean, and thank you for doing what you do because I mean, I listen to your podcast. I've learned so much from you. And it's like, I just, I, these podcasts are so amazing and people don't realize, you know, it's free information. I mean, you're getting free, free in the, and you're taking your weekend, taking time out of your weekend to come here and to learn and find the best and the, you know, greatest products out there that are really making a difference and changing people's lives. So good for you. It's awesome. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about that today as I walked by the main stage here and it was, it was a break in between the big speakers. And I, I realized I don't even know who the speakers are at the event. <laughs> I know I I'll probably never once go in that room because of podcasts. Because yep. I'm just like, I, I want to meet people and have FaceTime here. With, right. I mean, not the app FaceTime, but actual real FaceTime. Right, right. <laughs> and I could, you know, no offense to the speakers that are speaking here, but I could go hear them on a podcast. What I really want to do is like meet and greet and meet people that make great products, meet listeners to the show and just actually have a more human connection. Yeah. Even though there are so many brilliant minds here presenting information that, you know, is in their area of expertise. So No, absolutely. It's, it's really funny at these conferences. People are like, who is the best speaker? And I'm like, I, who were the speakers? Who were the speakers? <laughs> <laughs> if it, if hysterical. It, I know who they are sometimes because I want to chase them down and... Talk to them you know, live. You them, talk yeah, to them I want to get a mic on them, you know, which I do a lot also. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it is really nice to be fulfilled yeah. by what you do. So. And the energy at this show is amazing. I mean, it's it just it's such a fun show. I mean, we're just having a blast. There's a lot of happy, very fit people here. Yes, there are. Yeah. yeah. Just when you think you're doing well, you see all Yeah. This. You go outside yeah. to the gym area. That's yeah. what always gets me. I'm like, okay, okay need to yeah. step up the fitness here, Luke. <laughs> exactly. Baby steps. Exactly. Well, listen, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank and you, I'm Luke. I'm super excited to try your stuff and also to do a show on this particular niche topic. You know, when I did Naveen Jane, we talked a little bit about gut health, but I've not really covered probiotics because I haven't found the person I think that really knows about it. And it's just been, as I said, so confusing to me. There's so much noise. I'm just like, ah, I really don't know where to start. So I feel empowered and I'm hoping that our audience does too. Awesome. Thank you so much, Luke. I can't tell, thank you enough. Right on. So you've taught me tons here today as you have our audience members and listeners uh, who have been three teachers or teachings in your life that have mm -hmm. motivated or inspired you that our listeners might go learn from as well. Yeah. Well, um, as far as just, I'm a huge fan of Wayne Dyer, Norman Vincent Peale. Unfortunately, Wayne, you know, they both are no longer with us, but um, they are what drove me into this field. I'm an attorney and I went into, I was in pharma and I left all of that because I wanted to do something that meant something. And I knew I wasn't doing my life's work. So Wayne Dyer definitely was that person for me. As far as um, the, in the health and wellness world, who has inspired me as far as for health? Is that, is that one of your questions too? Anything in life. Anything, yeah. yeah. I mean, my father has been a huge, my parents both, my father's a super, pot, he's the one who introduced me to Norman Vincent Peale and Joseph Murphy and all these deep thinkers. Um, so my parents have been huge um, impact. And then I just, you know, health and wellness, I think, you know, got so many people in this room, you know, it's like, you know, Katie um, from the Wellness Mama. I mean, she's been a huge impact, had a huge impact on me. So um, a lot of great people out there. I, I know I'm missing so many people because I listen cool. to so many podcasts. We got but three out of that. Yeah, exactly. I got three. And if you know, if your parents aren't famous and on social media, yeah. they won't be able to go learn from them. But yeah. many people actually do give that as an answer. Yeah. Which why I oh I, I didn't know okay. I've, I've forgotten that question. I just I realized I did Kyle Kingsbury a couple of days ago, and I was like ah shit I forgot that might be the first time I've forgotten that. 
But it's always really interesting to me who people say because sometimes it'll be like, oh, Jesus Christ or yeah. my uncle or, you know, it's it's always really random and fun. And I think that's why I haven't come up with the new ending question yeah, because right. I'm still, I still find it interesting. And then we always put those in the show notes, you know, yeah. so. My, uh, yeah, but my dad used to wake me up every morning for school and say, you're getting better and better every day in every way. And I'm like, oh my God. Like every time I hear someone say that, I'm like, oh my God, it's my dad. You know, he would always, uh, and he to this day, he's just full of energy, full of life. And it's just, it's awesome. You're karmically fortunate. Yes. All right. Thanks again for joining me and look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks, Luke. All right. After this interview, I am fully committed to my gut health. Now I just took a trip to Spain. I got to admit, I went a little heavy on the gluten, ate a lot of sugar, I gained like 20 freaking pounds, came back super inflamed. Um, So I'm getting back on the wagon now as I record this outro. And the whole time though, I've been taking my Just Thrive probiotics for sure, taking my uh, bio-optimizers, enzymes, and, you know, doing some stuff right. But the diet got a little out of hand. So I hereby commit to you, the listeners, to our guest Tina, and to more than anyone, myself, that I'm going on a full gut healing mission now. I just ordered an ozone machine. I'm doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, I'm tired of having weak-ass digestion. It's got to be fixed. It's just too much. So if you're someone that wants to work on your gut health and you're turned on by Tina's product, you can save 15% off by going to thriveprobiotic.com forward slash Luke. That's thriveprobiotic.com forward slash Luke. Use the code LUKE15 to save 15% off. Really great, legit product. Next week, again, we've got Michael Trainer coming on Tuesday to talk about sacred plant connections, man. Deep, deep connections. It's a great show. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss it. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Juve. That's juve.com forward slash Luke. The code Luke there gets you a special bonus. We've got uh, Blue Blocks. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X, blueblocks.com with some fly blue blocking eyewear. The code there is Lifestylist. You save 15% off. And then we've got Organifi. That's Organifi.com forward slash Luke. That's Organifi with an I. And uh, the code there is Lifestylist for 20% off. Thank you for supporting the show by supporting the sponsors. Uh, Everything we plug here is legit. It works. It's awesome. It's always the best in class. Uh, I want to thank you, though, just for your ears, for your time, your commitment to yourself. If you listen to a show like the Lifestylist Podcast, I'm just going to tell you straight up, you love yourself and you want to take care of yourself because all we talk about here is healing mind, body, and spirit. Try to do so in hopefully a lighthearted and entertaining way to make it accessible to all people. That's always my goal is to take science geeks and make it relatable, kind of break it down to take esoteric, spaced out, woo-woo spiritual teachers, and I mean that in the best sense, I love spaced out people, (laughs) to take them and kind of ground their work so that you can apply it so that it makes sense. So if you make it to the end of these episodes and you're still listening, that means you enjoyed the show and I enjoyed having you. If you want to help support my work here and all of the things I'm doing, it's super easy, man. You don't have to buy anything. You don't have to do anything. Don't spend a dime. Just text or email this show to a few of your friends. You know, every week at the end of the show, I'm like a broken record. I I say the same thing because word of mouth really is the most powerful way to share these episodes and for them to go viral. So specifically, if you know someone that struggles with gut health, uh, which by the way, we all do, basically 80% at least of people's guts are wrecked because of what's in our food supply, etc., 
But if you know someone that has slow digestion, <laughs> fast digestion, leaky gut, all this kind of stuff, man, do them, uh, me, Tina, and yourself, you get some good karma points there, uh, a huge favor and just pass this along. Just say, hey, listen to this podcast, learn about your gut. Um, hopefully it's presented in a way that's not too dry and boring. You know, it's hard to convey um, science sometimes in a way that isn't boring. And so my goal, as I said, is always to make it kind of fun and accessible. So if you found it to be that way yourself, perhaps the people in your life that you love, that you share this episode with, will have the same experience. Thank you so much for listening to my show. This is my pride, my joy, my love. I'm grateful to be able to do it. And I'm grateful uh, more than anything for you, the listener. God bless. This episode of the Lifestylist Podcast was produced by podcastmasters.net.